did she do to it? Fucking actually styled it. I don't. What? <laughs> you don't remember anything she did? No, she. Um, I got two inches cut off. Okay. And then she. And you got bangs. Did my layers, and then she touched up my bangs. So I can. What I asked for is I asked to be able to do my usual swoopy bang, which is my staple go-to. But then I also want the option to then, if I want to style them, I can get a fringy across bang. Sure, without it getting too much in your eyes. Without it being, yeah, too yeah, much no. of a pain. And she, she was like, I got it. it. She made it work. And she was like, how do you want to style them today? And I was like, give me the all the way across bang. I never bangs. do that look. I never do that bang. look. I have a feeling, so give me bangs. That's what white girls do, right? When we're feeling so many feelings, we go get our haircut, get we get bangs. We get bangs. And I'll be honest, it felt good. There was a thing on... <laughs> That episode of Mission to Six I was talking about with the glam bot, there was a whole thing where he was like trying to talk the main character into bangs. Getting bangs, yeah. Right. And he was just like, have you ever had bangs? Like everybody should try bangs. I just, I felt it. I was like, I miss, I like normally I have the swoopy bang, but I was like, you know what? I just, I have a lot of feelings of right now. Bangs. I want both. Yeah. I want both right now. I I'm feeling it. bangs right now. Right. I'm grieving. I have a lot of feelings. I want the bangs. There's so many things I love about this story. I've heard so many jokes about people going to the hairstylist and saying, give me this. But I think this is the first time I've heard a story where somebody actually was like, I went to the hairstylist and I was like, give me this. I want to serve this. And the hairstylist is like, got it. Oh, she's the best. I love it. I also talked to her about dyeing my hair soon. So I'm like, let's, oh, yeah? I'm ready. Just like redder? Just, yeah. Uh, I was talking to her about it and she's like, oh, so like your hair color 2.0. And I was like, yep, that's it. Just my hair color, but a little more lively, a little I, more vibrant. Do you know what I think you should try? I think you should try the overtone. I don't know what that is. So overtone is the color conditioner where the dye is in the conditioner. It's not really a dye. So you don't box dye it. You just put it on like a deep condition and it leaves like a like a nice color. And a lot of what I've seen is great strawberry blondes using like the like the orange or the red and getting like a really vibrant bright red hair color Did you just order that online you can get it online um but yeah there's a treatment and then there's you can make a conditioner or you can also buy the conditioner but the conditioner is what they call a depositing conditioner uh-huh. where like if you use like a purple shampoo when you're blonde right yes. to keep the yeah the brassy tones out so it's the same color in a conditioner that you use every time you wash your hair and that's how you keep the color going without having to like re-dye your hair every However often. It just right. keeps the color going by doing it every time you wash your hair. I like that. Right. Yes, it's called Overtone. Overtone, we're not being sponsored. We're not being sponsored. Yet. But, <laughs> but they do like funky colors too where they do like, you know, purple, pink, whatever. But they also just do like deep auburn, like red. So I think you would do really good with like the orange or the the red and it would just give yeah, you a, a much I more vibrant. Yeah, I just want like a zhuzh. And without having to like chemically treat your hair. Yeah. And it's easy to keep it going because it's just in the conditioner. So every time you wash your hair, it, it just... You just add it. Yep. It just right. does your color. Interesting. Yes, girl. <laughs> By the I way... Guess, <laughs> oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I guess Facebook doesn't advertise this to you because Facebook doesn't think of you as like a crazy hair girl versus me. It's like, girl, you could do crazy hair all the time with overtone. But you, they're, but you, they're like, you don't want crazy hair. You want like dresses or some like. <laughs> you mine's want, usually fashion. I can work in an office with people who don't know I'm, whatever. A little bit of a freak, <laughs> right? You're like closet freak. So I'm Facebook a closet doesn't. Freak. So Facebook doesn't advertise crazy color to you because it's like you a closet freak girl. You don't do crazy color. That's my new. That's gonna be my new tagline. Closet, closet freak. freak. That's your next tattoo. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag closet freak. Hashtag closet freak. And it's going to be with a hashtag, I'm too. like, I'm You're like. You're going to get it right here. <laughs> shut up. I, I'm like a, um, like a mullet. Like, I'm business during the day, but I'm freaky outside I'm of the office. <laughs> My favorite thing about it in a podcast, can't, they can't see it, but you did this great little, you're like, I'm freaky. <laughs> and even though you're sitting, it was definitely the, like, hand on the hip kind of, like, I'm freaky. Do you get it? Right. <laughs> Like when all the girls on the I'm reality freaky. show turn and tell you I'm what totally. their thing is. It's like, I'm Sarah and I'm freaky. <laughs> <laughs> That's yours. <laughs> Ooh, the scary girl.
You know, I'm Sarah. I'm Stephanie. And this is our podcast. This is Dead Time Stories. This might be the first time ever that you did it first. I know, because I was like, we're we've been going for five minutes. Which is great, because honestly, we were going for like 15 minutes before <laughs> we turned the mics on. I know. So then we just got a good clean five minutes of banter. That's bam. I mean, I don't know if you're gonna use that as the banter that then goes into the thing. I don't know. Long, I'll figure it's it a long out. open. I'll figure it out. You'll fix it in I'll editing. fix it in post. Yep. Per use. Per use. Tur. Sarah. Stephanie. How's it going? Uh, girl, it's been a week. Yeah. We talked a little bit about it. I <laughs> I'm gonna say this to you and you're gonna hate me for saying it. Oh, and because no. you're gonna be like, what? Tell me, tell me. But I thought of a great, great, great present for you. But now I feel like I have to wait until your birthday because it's like not a big present, but it's something where I'm just like, oh, my God, this would be perfect for Sarah. Is it's- it a new dog? No. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be my joke for forever. Well, no, cause, well, not even because I'm like, no, I'm just like, you got to pick your own animal. And also too soon. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> it's like a dumb present where something where you almost can't believe somebody would spend their money on that but also oh i want it right but i'm also like it's so perfect and i feel like i have to wait until your birthday and it's so far away i know it's a little too. Why would you even tell me? I know. See, I was like, you're why did you do this? Why did you tell me? Because I've honestly been thinking about it for like a while now, and I'm just like, oh my god, Sarah, because it's something that it would be too expensive to for just to just because present. Do you know what I mean? Valentine's Day is coming up, <laughs> but you're not real lonely anymore. I mean, you are real lonely. I mean, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm real lonely, girl. It's still true. All right. <laughs> And my dog died, so I am real lonely. Ooh, girl. Um, if you're just listening to this podcast because you oh, met us yeah. at the Virginia Thespian Conference. <sighs> hey, guys. And we're not usually like this. Pretty sure we told heard. you to start at the beginning. So go back to the beginning. Yeah. Rumblethorpe to my mouth. We're Before we got real scorned. For us, kidding. we're teaching at it this coming weekend. But no. A.K.A. Tomorrow. Yeah. This comes out on Thursday. We'll be on the road. We're going to be right. driving. So this will be the most recent episode if if children, I mean, you're not children. You understand. But if young adults from- <laughs> there, look us up, which happened last year. It's just last year we had some, we weren't we thinking were about that. way more. When we posted questionable material. What was the most recent episode at the time? It was right. gaping. It was about, well, now you've. You've let the All right, cat well, out of the gaping hole again. I didn't let it out. That hole was gaping. It was the cat gaping. Just the cat just kind of trod it out. out. <laughs> Anyways, children whom we are teaching, which if you're dealing with both of us, we're teaching combat. Yeah. So we're going to teach you guys how to slap each other around a little bit. And I was, hey, I'm going to teach you and Stephanie's going to help. I <laughs> blow my spot like that. I know. Well, you no, know. that's fair. Uh, I was talking about it at work the other day and I was like, it was really fun last year because Sarah taught these kids how to like drag each other across the floor by their hair. I'm still going to keep that. And We're I keeping was that like, move. I filmed it on Snapchat, which was cool. But what was also cool was like parents walking <laughs> <laughs> and like stopping and looking in like, oh, my God, what's going on in there? Um, but it was that's all my the, favorite. the magic of stage combat. So that's I haven't favorite. looked at the schedule because, of course, I haven't. But uh, how many classes are you teaching? I have four. So it'll be three intro to combat and, and then, like, one, one advanced. choreography. And so far, girl, they're all full. We yeah, have they are. 40 kids. I love it. I'm 40 kids. 40. In each class? Each class. Ooh. I know. So I'm having to kind of figure out what my lesson plan is going to be because I can't necessarily do what I did last year because I didn't. we didn't have that many kids last year. We sure didn't. That, that wasn't 40 we kids. We had like 23 maybe. I know. So that's going. we're going to pair them off in twos, and that's going to be 20 groups of twos, and we are going to have to separate them. We're going to have to just say, teach we're them gonna the basics. We're going to have to like, teach the basics and then split up. To... Split them up. I'm going to give them a solid like three or four move combo. And that's what we're going to work on. Oh, my God. I know. Because I'm like, they gave me 40 kids. And I swear to God, if we get there and there's not the space, I'm going to lose it. 
Yeah. Because what am I supposed to do with 40 kids teaching combat if you don't give me if a gym? If they put you in, right, yeah, like a classroom. Like what they did for our choreography class last year, which Whoa. you weren't there for that, but it was a tiny room. Rawr. And I was like, great. You guys are on top of each other. And then half of you didn't even want to be there. Who doesn't want to be there for stage combat? It wasn't. It was the choreography class. Anyway, so I teach but two it's, classes. But the, it's still like fight choreography. It's not like yes. dance, stage like dance choreography. Yes. Yeah. I know. Well, it's those kids whose teachers force them into doing it. I don't know if you're with me all classes, but if you are, we will like run into those we'll kids. Check. Yeah. You might be with Rob for a little bit, but we're very excited to be back. <laughs> back again. And if you were with us last year... Welcome back. We're not as as gapingly open as we Get were. Get the fuck out. What? Um, Welcome to our podcast. Here's our podcast. If you're new to the show, every week me and Sarah get together and we talk about ghost stories, spooky stuff, conspiracies, paranormal, fetishes, true crime. I haven't talked about a fetish in a while, only because I feel like I've talked about a lot of them. I know you mentioned. Have you I think not? You've have I not talked them. about your favorite fetish? Why don't you email us at deadtimestories, all one word with a z at gmail dot com, and tell us what fetish you want us to talk about? Yeah, kids, email us your fetish, your favorite fetish. <laughs> We're not up to date with the new kids. <laughs> So oh, not, we, we don't know what the kids are we into. Don't know what the kids are days. into these days. Wink, wink. So, Sarah. What? Thanks. I hate it. <sighs> hey, okay. Sarah. Hey, Stephanie. Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? I can't wait to figure out how to get those enamel pins designed by I Christina. I know. I know. They look good. You guys going to buy them when we get enamel pins that say, Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts? <laughs> you know they won't. I know. <laughs> get the fuck out. Sarah, what are you talking about this week? Um. So... This week, I'm still piggybacking off of the fact that my dog is dead. Um, <laughs> I see. Do you know a joke I've wanted to make and I haven't made this whole time? What is it? I mean, spoiler alert: www.doesthedogdie.com. Uh, yes, dead time stories is a yes. The dog the answer does is die. yes. The dog dies. <laughs> Woo! I guess that's this episode's title. <laughs> um, no, so I'm going to talk a little bit. Um, this week has been a trip and a half. So we mentioned last episode about my wishes for Snoopy's body and how I uh, was going to be shipping him out. I wanted to have his skull bleached and cured and articulated in a glass dome and the rest of him cremated well all during last week the vet who was holding his body and keeping his body in the freezer they had messaged me and they were like listen you need to come and get his body before the end of the week or we're going to dispose of him and I was like I cannot get his body until Monday like I cannot it's not possible like I don't have the freezer I don't have the cooler I have no place to put him can you please hold him until Monday Monday I'll have it and what I kind of feel terrible because like if you had asked me, we have that big standalone freezer. I could have I could have had Snoopy in, in my freezer, and I'm also like I keep food. In Do you that want freezer? Snoopy in that freezer? Yeah. So, but here's... also you're shipping him out tomorrow. So I am, but that's a week after. I feel bad because I'm like Sarah. I could have put Snoopy in my freezer. Well, it started as me being like it was an email, and I said, please don't dispose of him. I can get him on Monday. If that's not possible, let me know, and I will find a way to get him on Friday. Just please, 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 my wishes are do not dispose of him. Yeah. And I got an email back saying, that's fine. I'll make a note. But I had this sinking feeling. So the next day, I called, and when I called, the woman on the phone acting like she didn't know what I was talking about and she didn't see the note and she didn't see the email. And I was like, well, please, 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 please do not dispose of him. Like that is not my wish. I want, I like, let like, me I have know. Like I, right. yeah, I will, I will take care of it. I will get him. Just let me know. Yeah. And she was like, okay, I'll make a note. So Another then note that no one's going to see. So I called the next day. So I called three days in a row 
And I was like, I just want to make sure like my biggest fear is that I'm going to get there on Monday and you guys are going to be like, I'm sorry, he was disposed of. And she's like, yes, I see here, you know, yes, we do have someone coming who does cremation every week, but I'll make a note. He will be here. He will be here. So I spent an anxiety ridden weekend because as you might remember, and some of I think I talked about it on the show, but last year at this time, my grandmother died and my aunt lied to me about the funeral date. And so I missed her funeral. And so this was bringing up all All of those those feelings feelings of being like, what if I show up and my dog is not there? And it's, this is not my wish. Oh, Sarah, I'm so sorry. So that was my week. And thankfully enough, the guy that I'm seeing, whose dad I got in with first, has been amazing. <laughs> Those of you new to the program, uh, Sarah got in with his dad when she found his ashes in the guy's glove, glove box. box. <laughs> Thinking that it I, was weed. I love that. Uh, that you got in, that you're like, I got in with his dad. We're going to get married and that's going to be my speech. I love it. <laughs> no, so... He's been awesome, and so we went on Monday, anxiously waited at the vet, and then they brought out my Pupsicle, because he is frozen, rock solid. The unfortunate thing is the cooler that I had for him does not fit him, because I thought maybe he would be, like, curled in, like maybe they would have sort of tucked him in on himself. Oh, no. But he's still out like he was when he passed away. Like, they just took him off the table and put him in the freezer. (laughs) Oh, my God. He's in the same, like, position. So I didn't have a cooler big enough to fit him, so we had to take him back to my apartment, clean out my freezer. It's like a fucking movie. Stick him in my freezer. Of course, I'm, like, trying to keep it together, Stick him in my freezer, and I was like, let's go to Target and see if I can find a styrofoam container that will fit him. Because the guy that I'm seeing, he had also brought a bigger styrofoam container, and that didn't fit Snoopy. So I was like, let's go to Target. Let's put him in the freezer, and I can only leave him in the freezer for like an hour before my roommate gets home because my roommate will not be cool with this. (laughs) So we go. Fun fact, Target does not sell coolers styrofoam that are big enough to hold a frozen two foot long 18 pound boston terrier oh my god so charlie's like okay it's fine it's okay he's like i have a cooler at home let's take him let's take him back to my place and we'll put him in that cooler you have ice packs we'll pack him in there and we'll figure it out yeah so we get to his place and the cooler that he has doesn't fit Snoopy. Of course not. So we like stick Snoopy off to the side. He goes to his mom's house and gets a cooler from his mom's and is like, yeah, I got a, her dog. Oh, good. I was like, was he honest with her about yeah. what he needed for? Yes. Good for him. It's like her dog. And she's like, okay, Yeah. So he takes it, cleans it out. I, we go get extra ice packs. And this entire week, I have been rotating ice packs and keeping my Pupsicle frozen. And you said you haven't. So how have you not opened it to see that it's... So when I got him... Sure okay, well, all right. First off, <laughs> we're going to trigger that anxiety again. I'm so sorry. Um, No, it's I made the joke first. So when they gave me Snoopy, the girl at the vet's office, they were all very considerate. They were very kind. But they gave him to me, and he was in a plastic bag, but not a see-through one. It's like a waste, you know, materials bag, zip-tied. And then they wrapped him in, like, a blanket and put him in a box and gave him to us. Okay. So we've just sort of kept him in the blanket in the bag and have not opened it. To confirm. And me being the morbid, stupid fuck that I am, I keep making the joke that I need to open that bag and make sure that they gave me the right dog. Yeah. Because what if they gave me the wrong dog? There. <laughs> Have you seen Little Miss Sunshine? Yes. Okay, you know the part where the grandpa dies? Yes, and they keep him in the trunk. Well, not just that, but as a movie person, they kept not showing the body like when they first were looking at it, and I was like, oh... 
they're not showing it because they're going to reveal that he's not really it's dead. It's not him. Oh. Right. It's not him. Or, like, it's not him. Right. Because, like, they they all look at the body and they're like, oh, gosh. Like, they're all reacting. And I think that the camera's going to turn around. The reaction's going to be like, this isn't him. Like, where's his body? But they just never show you the grandpa's dead body. <laughs> Which I'm like, I guess that's, like, respectful. <laughs> I don't know. But they do, like, have him around and he farts and kills yeah. himself. And yeah. And they have to carry him. They have yeah. to carry him around. Yeah, we haven't opened the bag yet. I will open the bag before I ship him out. I've got, I had to order a whole new box, a whole new styrofoam container. It's in the backseat of my car right now. It's fucking huge because my stupid dog is spread eagle frozen. <laughs> hard as a rock. Solid as a rock. Like hard. Honestly, it's insane. And, and I've had good days and bad days and. Last night I had a bad night where I was, like, really sad because I think I went out and, like, sort of rotated him. And I was like, <laughs> It's been really cold, so that's been good. Yeah, it, it snowed yesterday, helpful. so he's been fine. Like, he has not he's thought out. Fine. And I've been in touch with my taxidermist who's been very – and she's like, as long as he stays frozen, she's like, don't ship him out. Like, I got the box Thursday night, but she's like, don't ship him on Friday because I won't get him until Monday or Tuesday and you don't want to risk – anything yeah no thawing she's like ship him on monday are you so. ship him on like dry ice or no she said no dry ice but i've got i've got a few hello fresh ice packs love it hello fresh ice packs do and they I... say hello fresh on them yeah yes <laughs> she's gonna get it open it and it's gonna say hello fresh and it's gonna be snoopy inside. it's gonna be snoopy inside oh my god i love it sponsor us hello fresh because i'm shipping my dog with your ice packs yeah Talk about Keeps reduce, the reuse, meat recycle exactly right. You know that with a Hello Fresh freezer pack, it that stays can cold stay for fresh twenty four hours, right on your doorstep. Yeah, it does, and it will. I'm almost positive it stays good for forty eight hours. So you know, go to Hello Fresh and use the code <laughs> dead, dead time. time, or use the code Dead Dog and. <laughs> <laughs> So, all of that to say, it's been one hell of a week, and it's been one week that has made me once again think about, these are my wishes, this is the death ritual that I'm choosing to take with my dog as I'm grieving. And I, over Christmas, my boss gave out, like, sit-at-your-desk tiny calendars, like fact-a-day calendars. And last year, Mary Angela gave me one that was 365 facts it was that'll like make you like shit your mind or like blow <laughs> that's not right <laughs> that'll make you shit your mind i love it that'll like yeah that'll like blow your mind like um oh no Poop facts. 365 facts that'll scare the shit out of you okay there we go there it is um and i got a few like tidbits out of that well this is like interesting places in the world and one that i got on thursday when last week's episode Drop, should have dropped, etc. Is talking about a type of death ritual. And it made me think I've been reading about the way different people handle death and different death culture. And I've talked about it before with that book, Smoke Gets in Your Eyes and Other Tales from the Crematory by Caitlin Doherty and the whole green death movement. And about how typically in Western civilization, we like to put a pretty face on death and we like to cover it with makeup and we like to embalm it and we like to act like we're not dead. And if you talk to many people, a lot of people don't even know what a dead body looks like. They've never been around one. Um, but at the same time, while we're doing that in our Western civilization, everywhere else in the world has different death cultures and different ways that they handle death. And I think that that's really fascinating. And when I would talk to people about what I plan to do with Snoopy, I'd get a lot of people who were like, Oh, that's weird. That's weird. And I'm like, no, like, I get it. It's weird that my dog is in a f cooler in the backyard of someone's house, frozen. But, like, these are my wishes. And it's not that he remains in a cooler, frozen. No, but, but like, I want to make sure my wishes are seen through. And that's it's a step you had to take. Exactly. And, like, it's not. It's not that weird. Like, he is just a body now. Like, he's no longer there. He's just a body. Um, and so I wanted to just talk about a few different interesting death rituals and death cultures. And the first one that sort of sparked this thought, other than me being like, 
I want to keep my dog's skull in a Beauty and the Beast jar. Like, this is other cultures, ways that they handle things. And so it just so happened that the day on my calendar uh, had this one that was in Italy, and it's called Poor Claire's Convent Putridarium. And so it says that it was here in this island's convent cellar that the nuns of the poor Claire's order tended to their putridarium, which means when one of their sisters died, her remains were left on one of the stone seats to decay, the liquids of decomposition dripping into a vessel placed below. So it's like they're sitting on big throne toilet seats, but they're dead. They're sitting? They're not laying? No, they're sitting. There's a picture. Oh, weird. They're sitting, and then they just decay, and they drip into the orifice on the bottom. And it says that- They the, use them for compost. The bodies are left there until they mummify, and over like the nuns come in every day, and they change out the liquid. You know, like they change out the pots. They take away the putrefied liquid. They switch it out. They're in there praying. Can you imagine the smell? That's my first thought. I mean, it's called putridarium. I that know. gives you any sort of idea. It's putrid. But this was, I mean, this is what they did. This is, this is what they had to do. This was a part of their life. This was normal. This was respectful. You know, you mm-hmm. leave them to sit there. You clean out as they clean out. And you wait until they mummify. Like, you wipe them up a little bit at a time. And then you and move them to an ossuary. Exactly. And for them, it's completely normal. And that's their grieving process. So then another one, which I, again, I just find it, I I don't think I could ever do that. But I do think that, like I've talked about before, embalming wasn't a thing until the Civil War. Mm -hmm. And that was based out of necessity. Right. Because they had to ship them back. You had to ship them back. And it was hot and it was humid. So you want to embalm them. But afterward, it's not necessary. And before then, the dead were tended to in the home. Like, the family took care of the body. But now we have this weird feeling that, like, a dead body is suddenly going to be infectious or it's going to, like, make you sick. And it's not. And, like, even when I was dealing, it's not the same, but, like, with a dog, this was my first time to ever have to actually put down a dog and not have my dog just, like, run over. But I could have sat there and, like, not ever let him go. Even after he was dead, it just didn't feel like he was gone and never felt like his body was gross or it was sick. But with Western civilization, we want to paint it in that picture. Here's where I'm going to get a little conspiracy theory on you about it. Uh Uh-oh. I would argue just a little bit that it isn't just our culture. I would argue that it's also... (laughs) The funeral lobbyists. Oh, for sure. The money. There are so many laws around the things that you have to do with body. You have to, if you're not cremating a body, you have to embalm it. In a lot of states, it's illegal for you not to. Um, Little things like that. I learned, oh my gosh, I learned so many things about funeral shit from watching Six Feet Under. That was like really fascinating to me. But the same way that people would tell you that like, Tobacco lobbyists are who keep marijuana yeah. illegal. And like, do you know what I mean? And that like big pharma. Do you, I would I would argue that it's equally plausible. It's you're probably right. That a lot of it is not just our culture. The same with diamonds, okay? Yeah. Diamonds for engagement rings became a thing only in the last like hundred years because Zales made it a thing that they were like, "Oh, that's how you propose. You propose with a diamond. Like that is what is traditional." But that was bullshit. But now it's traditional, quote unquote, because it's been made a business, not really because it's any sort of tradition. Yeah. But that's no, just, I, that's I mean, my little two cents on I that. I think it's the both. You know, also like the capitalism. Yeah. Uh, it's America. I'm like the funeral business, Sarah. Yep. That's who wants you to be disgusted by yes. their bodies. Yes. I don't argue with you there. Um, Go so ahead. <laughs> there are a few others that I some, went there. I went there. Some people have heard of. Um, and I know for me, at least I've heard of different cultures who will then when a person dies, they eat them. You could be like the Japanese guy who slept in the bed next to 
his dead wife. Right? You could have done that with Snoopy. You could have just put Snoopy's stop no body next to no him. and just under keep the covers, covering him with total New Carl Tanzler toilet paper or whatever. No, sure, I'm not there. I am there. I am trying to build an airplane in my backyard that if I fly Snoopy close enough to the atmosphere, maybe it will bring him back to life (laughs) in the essence of Carl Tanzler. But, you know, I got to keep Snoopy on ice until then. So not wrapping him in linens. Of course. No. To be fair. Um, No, there I have definitely heard of different. um, There are. It's no longer practiced, but they do know that different cultures who engaged in what is called endocannibalism, which is then eating the body after someone has passed, to then ideally ingest a part of them, them, their soul. Exactly. A a cathartic way to deal with loathing and death. I heard that Keith Richards snorted some of his father's ashes. I think that's true. I mean, it happens. You put them in the glove box. You snort them. Didn't we talk a little bit about something about ashes and tattooing? That was also, that's my dad. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's also the man holding my dog's body. Because I'm like, no way. (laughs) I mean, I've got my mom's ashes, but no way. That's why his dad was in the glove box. Right, 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 right. Because he was going to take him to his tattoo artist. Well, he did, but that's what was left over. (laughs) Those are the leftovers. It's the remainder. Um, I got my tattoo from the same artist. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You told me. And there was like a stain on his tattoo artist chair. And he was like, oh, you see that? That's from ink mixed with dad. <laughs> it's like we had a stain on the chair. So now he's not just a part of Charlie. He's a part of that chair, too. Yeah. He's just leaving little bits of him everywhere. I know. It's what I said. Get it together. Isn't he special? <laughs> Apparently not. He met me. Ah. <sighs> get out. Um, all right, so special, get out of here. Special, get out of here. All right, I'll just do a few more. So there's like, you know, people eat their loved ones. Um, the other one that I remember learning about a lot is a Tibetan Buddhist celestial burial burial, which is basically where they would take the body and put them up on a mountain and then let the vultures and the wildlife come and just eat them until they're just to their bones, and then they collect the bones. Just to their bones. Just to the bones. And then they come back and get the bones. They come back, they get the bones, and then they usually like preserve them or something and then bury the bones. That's kind of cool. The other one that's really interesting is a suspended burial. And that typically happens in uh, southwest China. And it's basically where they have no place to bury them, so they just hang the coffins off the side of the mountain. Because... There's no like land. Oh like they're just oh my god. They're in cliffs. Yep. Located just above the crab stream, the hundred and sixty coffins were placed along the cliffs within natural caves, with some resting on wooden posts that extended from the cliffside. Jesus. There you go. Um oh my god. Okay, so this one's awful and it's a Viking <laughs> it's a Viking tradition. And it's the Viking funeral. And this will probably be my last one. Not the one where they push the boat off into the water and they shoot it with a bunch of bow and arrows that are on fire? No. Or the one where they put the spouse on the burning fire with it? The slave girls of Viking noblemen. Oh, there it is. There it is. Uh, The death of a chieftain. Once dead, he was put into a temporary grave for 10 days while new clothes were being prepared for him. Of course. During this time, one of his slave girls would, and I quote, volunteer to join him in the afterlife. She was then guarded day and night and giving copious amounts of intoxicating drinks. So they got her drunk. Once the cremation ceremony started, the girl went from tent to tent to have sex with every man in the village. And as the men were having sex with her, or what we would call rape because she was wasted, They would say, tell your master that I did this because of my love for him. Following this, the girl was taken to a tent where she had sex with six of the Viking men and then was strangled to death with rope and finally stabbed by a village matriarch. And for the end, the bodies of both the chieftain and the slave girl were placed on board a wooden ship that was set on fire. The Vikings did this to ensure that the slave girl would serve her master in the afterlife and while the sexual rights were a way to transform the chieftain's life force. What? Obviously they don't do it anymore. Sure. Yeah. That was that was a Viking. Terrible. I know. 
Um, and then one other one that I know of, because this happens in multiple different communities, but it's the art of basically every year in Madagascar, they call it the Famirhana. But it's basically where every year they take the body out of the grave and they clean it and they change the clothes and they put it back again. And typically they bring it out, they change it, and they'll do some sort of like a dancing ritual with the body. Okay. And then put it back in. Little weekend at Bernie's. Kind of, yeah. Every year they got to get him the new updated outfit, got to go with the trends, got to dance him around a bit, and put him back in the crypt. Okay. Um. So yeah, there's just a few. Uh, there's like obviously way many more. And Caitlin Doherty, who did write Smoke Gets in Your Eyes and the Tales from the Crematorium, has another book out where she actually traveled the world and documents and talks about some of these different death rituals. But yeah, I think it's really interesting how each culture deals with it and how each culture handles it because everyone handles it differently. And it's not weird that I'm getting my dog cremated and his skull saved it's okay and whatever you choose to do is okay too um just make sure you have a cooler that's big enough (laughs) uh two things so one i told val that if they die first i'm gonna do like an old sicilian lady and i'm gonna gonna climb on top of the casket right and i'm gonna scream i want to come with you (laughs) and i'm gonna like claw up the casket um and then (laughs) He took a good dick out of this, this world. world. Oh, my God. I want to hear that story again. I was trying to tell Val about it, and I was like, you just he have to hear it. He took a good dick out of this um, world. So, <laughs> um, no, the other one was your thing just reminded me of it, the last one that you talked about with them, like, taking the body out, and then talking about Weekend at Bernie's. So I lately have been thinking about all these, like, country songs from my youth, and there is a song by a singer named Joe Diffie called prop me up beside the jukebox yes why do i know this because it was in the 90s right uh, yeah south yes and the whole chorus is prop me up beside the jukebox if i die i want to go to heaven but i don't want to go tonight fill my boots up with sand put a stiff drink in my hand prop me up beside the jukebox if i die you should listen to it and that same artist has a song called John Deere Green about how this kid climbed a water tower and spray painted Billy Bob Love Charlene. Yes. And the whole town said the boy should have used red, but it looked good to Charlene in John Deere Green. Classic, classic 90s gems uh, right there. Yep. I remember those. Uh, so yeah, those those are my stories, and I'm sticking, sticking to, to it. it. Stephanie, yeah, what are you talking about this week? So, Sarah, Stephanie, Pennsylvania is a state that has a lot of weird shit in it. We live in Pennsylvania. We live in Philadelphia, but the whole state is pretty fucking wonky, and I forget that sometimes because we live in such a metropolitan area. <laughs> I know, but you're like, oh, this whole state's a little uh, iffy. And the woods are creepy. There's a lot of woods here. There's a lot of forests what <laughs> in are you Pennsylvania. About? I'm going to be talking about the skull tree and the baby's cradle. What? Which are those? I feel like those shouldn't be in the same sentence together. So they're part of a creepy fucking tree in <laughs> Pennsylvania um, at, in Devil's Road. Have you heard of Devil's Road? That's also in Pennsylvania. No. So um, there's the Devil's Ro- Road and the Cult House, which uh, is in the woods of southeastern Pennsylvania, right off of the like Delaware border, mm-hmm. which not in the city part, because we're in Philly, and Philly's like an hour north of, of Wilmington, Delaware. But there is a lot of like woods in this area, a lot of forest. Philly, if you're not in Philly proper, it doesn't take you very long to drive out and get into the woods. Like, you have to go through the woods to get to where we are at Mary Angela's house out in Germantown. Into the woods. I know. (laughs) Into the woods. Uh, But if you take Kelly Drive or Lincoln Drive, you're in the woods. And you don't have to just come west. Like, you can go north. Anywhere you go. Like, uh, this is a very woody area. And there is... I didn't realize that the village was supposed to take place like in this area, 
Really? But, yes, but M. Night Shyamalan is also from Philadelphia, and The Sixth Sense takes place in Philadelphia. I knew that. Yeah. So uh, the village in the village is supposed to be in this, like, Pennsylvania, Delaware woods area mm-hmm. on, like, a nature reserve. And the Devil's Road winds up a couple of miles through the woods just north of the Delaware border in Chad's Ford. It's better known to map readers as Cossart Road and has enjoyed a reputation for its general aura of evil for decades. It's particularly famous in the triangle of towns between Wilmington, Philadelphia, and Coatesville. But although the exact location is often misreported as somewhere in northern Delaware, all of the stories are agree on, agree on one point. The trees that line this narrow winding avenue bend away from the pavement as if <gasps> recoiling from something unspeakable. I feel like I've seen those pictures. Of the trees like growing away yes. from it. Which I have pictures and we'll post them on Instagram too. Yes. But yes, the trees grow like like they're leaning yeah, away from they, the Yeah, they like want to be away from it. And not just like they're leaning, like they're bending. They're, yeah. Like they're bending over to get away from, from the road. Further into the woods, they say, up a densely wooded hillside stands a massive stone mansion known as the Cult House. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. (laughs) Which Delaware residents insist was once owned by a member of the DuPont family. The Cult House naturally housed a cult of some kind. Sure. As the story goes. But the nature of its ceremonies remains vague, even by the standards of the local rumor mill. Fans of the of the plutocratic conspiracy theories spin and stories of the DuPont family members marrying their cousins in the house. Oh, okay. So that the family's wealth would stay in the family and then using the place to hide any inbred spawn these unnatural unions produced. The less fanciful rumors fall back on the old favorites like Satanists or the KKK, but the house's windows are said to be cross-shaped or among the camp that believes in Satanist rumors, inverted cross-shaped. Huh. Um, it's getting harder and harder for people to explore the Devil's Road. For one thing, the street signs have been removed from Kennet Pike, so it's easy to miss the Crossart Road turn or to mistake it for a private road called Cossart Manor Drive, which is a few miles up the pike. So even if you find the road, you'll find that it's liberally posted with no stopping and no trespassing signs because they don't want people on this yeah. property, right? Obviously. Yeah. Uh, and the trees. So the legend of the road has been repeated so often in the past 40 years that literally hundreds of noisy explorers would belt up by the road by night and disturbing the residents, spray painting everything in sight and driving (gasps) recklessly. Oh, my gosh. The usual obnoxious behavior was bad enough, but it escalated into vandalism and dangerous stunts such as cross burnings that forced the township and police into a strong reaction. We can't have anything nice. Girl. A barricade went up with no trespassing signs and threats of heavy fines. So we advise people to tread with caution and then think about treading down the darkness of the Devil's Road. Don't pull over on the dark or winding road unless you want to get rear-ended by some other thrill-seekers. Um, but it's mostly the the very real issues are like people being crazy over there, but also they could be crazy because they're people from the cult house, yeah. right? <laughs> so <laughs> cult people. There's So like I said, there's the cult house. That's part of it. Um, then people think there's, um, there's devil worship. People have claimed to have found like dead animals that look like they've been sacrificed Mm. in that area. People have talked about being like chased away from there just by people that are like, get out of here. Yeah. Right. And you're like, right. So one of the trees in this area is called the skull tree and there's, um, the baby's cradle, which is, uh, which is another tree okay that has like a really weird specific shape to it looks like a baby's cradle Mm -hmm. so it's no surprise that one of the creepiest things of all that takes place in this area is around the skull tree and the baby's cradle and um woods are scary in general that's why into the woods we have so many fairy tales about going into the woods Mm -hmm. because scary shit happens in the woods honestly yeah but probably the most famous tree in the area is near devil's road and it's a misshapen tree that grows on an embankment along one of the road's more treacherous curves. And erosion has has exposed the roots, which mm-hmm. is why they look all fucked up, because it's the roots. They were underground, mm-hmm. but now the land has washed away under there, so it's all creepy. You can see it, yeah. Yeah. It looks like either... So some people say that it looks like a skull. Like, these are the eyes, and that's the nose. Oh... Why, which is why it's called the skull tree. All right. Um, have you seen the version of Sleepy Hollow with Johnny Depp? 
Only bits and pieces. Oh my gosh. There's a tree that I don't I don't understand how. It's like the portal for the headless horseman to come and go, but it is fucked up and creepy. <laughs> and it opens up and it has like all the heads in it. Oh. Right. And it's like all bloody and mushy and he like like forms like coming Ugh. out of it. I don't like that. Oh my god. It's Tim Burton, so it's like great. But <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I actually, I haven't watched that movie in so long, but I actually really liked that movie when I was younger. I remember seeing it in theaters, even though it was rated R. Whoa. Oh my gosh. A Tim Burton movie, rated R. Can you imagine? Yes. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) So the trunk has earned many names, including the skull tree, the devil's tree, the baby's cradle, because it can also be like, you know. That's where the baby goes. Sure. Right? It also looks like... Oh, like it, like a hand. I could totally see that too. The hand doing the hole that's like punch you. You look what is, yeah. Pussy. I was like, what is like yeah, my pussy. hand? <laughs> yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. I hope our listeners do too. We'll have to post a picture. So one of the most noticeable attractions on Devil's Road um, is the tree, but people have um, some people say like it's an urban legend that they call it the baby's cradle because a lady left her baby in it. Sure, of course. Right. <laughs> if you stop your car and you kill the engine and turn off the lights, they say you can hear a baby crying. Oh. Yeah. I don't like that. I know. That's pretty fucked up. Um, somebody said when they were out there and they put the car in reverse and the lights lit up on the tree that like it didn't just look like a skull but like it looked like a skull with like glowing eyes and it just like really fucked with them <laughs> so many people uh, there are like all these like personal little anecdotes on it um anyway so of course there are all sorts of legends too that people well like we said about the baby being left in the yeah the tree oh my god but all sorts of urban legends about people like going missing there but people still say if you go out there like people chase them off but it's like not I don't want to say like not normal people and not like old timey people, but just Is it like inbred people. Like creepy yes. Like creepy inbred people like hey, you can't what, what movie is that? Deliverance? No, not that not one. But the other one where it's like they come across a mountain where it's just full of inbred creepy people who murder them. Are you sure you're not thinking of Deliverance? No, it's another horror movie. It's another slasher flick. Is that The Hills Have Eyes? Yes. Have you seen, there's an image. You know I haven't. No, not the movie. There's an image that has been floating around on Facebook. It's the poster for The Hills Have Eyes, but her face has googly eyes, and it says The Hills Have Googly Eyes. Stop. That's basically, I feel like, the epitome of this podcast is like a scary movie, but with googly but with eyes googly on it. Eyes. Like if Philip Dead the Time Black started. had googly eyes. Yes, if the goat had googly the eyes. from the witch. We watched that. Googly eyes are always really funny. I know, that's why Gritty is doing so I know, well. and I love Gritty and his googly eyes. That was the first thing I said about him when he first his came out on the eyes. scene. Was I was like, he has googly eyes, and I think I love it. I think I'm into it. Did I show you the, <laughs> this is way off base, or out of like whatever, but did I show you the Gritty mask I made at work? Yes. Yeah. Because I made the eyes so the eyes move on the mask. I was really, so silly. I was really proud. Anyway, um, that's my super basic story that I was like meh about. That's um, all right. Thanks we for both listening. Have things. Are you guys? Do you guys still like us? I'm more excited about what I'm talking about next week. Are we I'm still like, doing okay? See, and I feel weird about next week's. We'll see what happens. I don't know. Shit's about to get real. Oof, girl. I mean, for us, it's only five minutes, but for you guys, it's a whole week. So, like, get ready. Yeah. I always think about. It. There's my favorite video game of all time is called Chrono Trigger and it's like a travel a time travel game. And there's this um there are like 14 different endings and they all change based on who you did or didn't help throughout all of time, mm-hmm. which I think is cool. But there's this one mission you go on where like you have a robot who's from the future and you're trying to help these nuns like grow trees like outside of their church, but they need like somebody who can like stay and help them for a really long time. And so, like, your robot is like, fuck it. I'm a robot. Like, I'll live forever. Leave me here. I'll help them out. And you can just come pick me up in the future. And you're like, all right. And you, like, leave the robot with them. And he's, like, on the map, like, working the forest. And then you go to the, like, future and you pick him up. And he's like this. 
He's like a statue, like he's this busted old robot, and you turn him back on, and he says this whole thing about, like, for you, it was five minutes, but for me, it's been 200 years. You're like, ah! That's how I feel about when we record multiple episodes at a time. And we do it all back to back, but for them, it's week by week. It's been five million years. It's been 84 years, and I can still smell the fresh paint. The sheets. The Please subscribe to our used. Patreon. The sheets had never no. been slept in. Oh, no. Titanic was called the ship of dreams. We're done. And it was. Cut. It really was. Cutting all of this. Well, thanks for thanks listening. Thanks for listening. If you want to support the show, the best way to do that, of course, is by giving money. Money, please. To our Patreon, which you can subscribe to for as little as $1 a month. But, of course, if you don't have money, you can still help us out by giving us five-star reviews on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We're on Google Play. We're on SoundCloud. We're, like, everywhere, you guys. We're trying. Tell your friends. Email us your fetishes that you want to hear about at Dead Time Stories. Mm. Or anything else that you want to email to us. You know, Sarah loves that. She loves that shit. Pay attention Um, to me. And you can follow us on Instagram. Look at us on Facebook, but you can only grow. You can only get on the Patreon exclusive Facebook group if you give us your money. Give us a dollar every month. Yeah. A dollar. A dollar. That's nothing. I know. I know. I know. But you know what? Our our Dead Time Stories Patreon exclusive group is really awesome. We're there. We've got Colleen. We've got Teresa. Not Teresa. We've got Christina, we've got my sister, we've got all your favorite people that you hear about on the show all the time. And uh, they're there. So yeah, give us a like, give us a review, give us a rating, make sure it's five stars. Five stars. Only give us a rating if it's five stars. If it's not five stars, then email us your critiques. And and ask yourself what you're doing wrong. Exactly. <laughs> and tune in next week when hopefully we have more of our shit together. Maybe. We're working on it. For us, it's in five minutes. So are we going to have our shit together in five minutes? No. We're going to find out. New Year who dis. I'm Stephanie. I'm Sarah. And this This has has been been Dead Time Stories. Thanks for listening. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Curtison. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman.